0: when we have that oxytocin flowing when we are aroused our vagina unfolds it opens up by by uh, almost two centimeters for some people so already we have this blood flow and we have this sort of beautiful sort of opening of the vagina you know from the oxytocin that's flowing through our system if we can understand that and implement that into our labor and into our birthing experience spiritually we can go to that orgasmic place and have that orgasmic feeling during birth. I get so angry because I just still can't believe in this day and age, we are expecting women to hold their breaths and reduce that oxygen, that airflow to to themselves, to their baby and forcefully pushing down when there is really no need. Cynthia
1: Overgaard, owner of Hypnobirthing of Connecticut, childbirth advocate, and postpartum support specialist. And I'm Tresha Ludwig, certified nurse midwife and international
2: board-certified lactation consultant. And this is the Down to Birth podcast. Childbirth is something we're made to do, but how do we have our safest and most satisfying experience in today's medical culture? Let's dispel the myths
1: and get down to birth.
0: Hi everyone. My name is Emma. I'm also known as the Naked Doula. I'm a hypnobirthing practitioner, a doula, an illustrator, and a mother. And I help people all over the world feel confident and informed to have a really good, happy, positive birth experience. So, tell us before we
1: officially start. Um, tell us about you and how you developed, the following you have the work that you do. What like what is it about you? Do you think that has drawn people to you. If you're totally honest about it, and what is it that makes that makes you special and different?
0: Do you know what I think? First of all, there's a few things I think because when I was pregnant with, I was always interested in childbirth and, and midwifery, and I'd always try. I never did my A levels, never finished them, and I I tried to get on access to university courses for midwifery um, in my younger years, and uh, but could never continue it due to financial problems that I had throughout um my life, earlier life. And so I always had this interest. But when I fell pregnant with Charlie, um all my sort of focus was taken away from my pregnancy and was on my mum who was uh dealing with cancer um at the time. And it was a, you know, she she wasn't going to recover. She was sort of, she was dying. And when she passed away, I was 26 weeks pregnant. And when she passed away, I just I just I think I just took the grief and I was like, I really need to focus this on this birth and what birth is. And, 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 you know, in its entirety. And I became like quite obsessed, to be honest. And I think that's because of the situation that I was in. So I, you know, I delved in and I started writing blogs. I started talking to people and it sort of start. That's where it started. When I when I had Charlie and I sort of created the naked doula and it came from this sort of nakedness and transparency and sort of you know this this it was born from grief basically I just really I I was scared I was scared because I wanted to go out there and just be really brash and I wanted to be really myself and I wanted to swear and I wanted to use language that I didn't see anyone else using in the birth world and. I was scared about that because I, I, I thought I don't know how this is going to be received. You know, this is a very, uh, a very sensitive subject for a lot of people, um, and especially you know in the UK we're really prudish. We are like, we hate talking about vaginas and anything like that. So. I just I just sort of took a leap and just put it out there and it was very colorful it was very in your face it was very you know as, as it is now and I sort of found this talent of taking information simplifying it and making it really easy digestible for people to understand who does the graphics I do I do them it's really cool yeah you have a great style this is it. This is it. I think I've always been a creative person, and to be able to take that into something I'm like so you know so passionate about, um, and then obviously you know as you go out into the birth world when you experience these things real time and start working with people, it feels incredible because yeah. you know live and breathe it every day. I don't do anything else.
2: You have some captivating um, style. And we're so happy to have you here today because you have some great techniques to talk about, including something called floppy face, floppy fanny, that uh, we're we're really interested in sharing with our community, your tips and techniques for easier, faster, safer, more satisfying labor.
0: Exactly. 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 And I can't wait to share because I I just everything that, you know, the naked dealer stands for and what we're talking about today is is really about, you know, jumping into it and making it a really fun and enjoyable experience. That's
1: why you're special. That's why you have this following and niche because you're saying something that women aren't hearing enough. And there are some women who will immediately resonate with that and they won't even know why because they're so stuck in the fear. But they hear one right. person say that, and they're like, "Wait, but what if? What if?" Right? Um, yeah.
0: Just just to, just to touch. Sorry, just to touch on that as well. I just want to put it out there, which is, you know, I, I don't know whether you know. Obviously, a lot of people are going to think this is a bit crazy, but I'm telling you now, my favorite thing is it has to be contractions. It has to be that that labor process and the contractions that are happening to your uterus, because how incredible, how actually mind blowing is that process, you know, and, and they can be really enjoyable. That is my, I'm looking forward to that and crowning the most, the most in my impending labor. Honestly, I can't even explain to you the excitement I feel for that. You might actually be the first
2: person that I've ever heard say that, but I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. That moment of intensity is the brink Of
1: the most blissful moment of your life. Right. When I'm teaching hypnobirthing, I say something kind of similar because I believe, especially because of the media, what women have seen depicted in television and movies, I believe that when women have a contraction or a surge, they adopt a mindset of believing their job is to muscle through it. Like, just, just hold on, hold on, let it happen. It's like, no, no, you're, you're missing actually what's going on in your body. If you resist it, okay. But now your body says, all right, let's try this again in a few minutes. Let's try this again. Your body is simply trying to move that tissue from the cervix up into the uterus. So if we can have a surge and as, as, (laughs) as daunting as it sounds, or as funny as it sounds, if we can say to ourselves, bring it. Bring it, because this is this is really how I summarize it for my clients. There isn't a predestined number of surges that we have to have in order to have our baby. It's not like we have to have one hundred and fifty surges, and if we just get through them, we have our baby. You can have maybe only forty of them instead because you relax so much. Never mind my numbers, but you get the point. You can yeah. relax so much that, right. I used to think like, bring it, I'm going to go for two centimeters on this one. If you relax that tissue lifts more easily. So it is actually welcoming the surge. If you understand all that your body is doing is trying to get that tissue out of the way so the baby can come through. So we don't need to muscle through it. We need to relax into it and we end up with fewer right. and a quicker labor as a result.
0: Right. Exactly. And, and do you know what that? that's Perfect to sort of lead into talking about floppy face, floppy fanny, actually, because, um, you know, when, when I'm talking about floppy face, floppy fanny, for those who, um, you know, are listening in in the UK, we we use the word fanny, uh, as, as like vagina, we call it a fanny, and this is what I'm referring to when I talk about floppy face, floppy fanny as a mantra, and it works so perfectly with contractions with the whole of your labor experience and even when you're birthing your baby because of that beautiful connection between the jaw and the pelvic floor and and this connection what a lot of people don't understand this connection starts when you are an embryo this connection starts right from I think it's like day 15 wow day 15 of being an embryo and that connection between those ligaments at the top right at the top behind um so you know connects to your whole jaw all the way down to your pelvic floor and the more that you explain it to people and I go into more detail but the more you explain it the more you can actually implement floppy face floppy fanny into normal daily activities like going to the toilet or having sex um you know with your partner and people are finding it more enjoyable and a lot easier because when we understand how to relax and really release this jaw, we are releasing all the tension in our pelvic floor and we're making space for our uterus to do this beautiful job of contracting. We are allowing our body to open and it's just, it's just the most incredible, incredible experience and all from just one simple mantra that we can just try and understand a bit more of. So when I talk about floppy face, floppy Fanny, it's talking about really relaxing this jaw, really taking the pressure away from that area and dropping the shoulders as well. Once we do that, we can really lean into that contraction and we can really ride with it and sort of ride this wave that 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 is what it is. And as we get to the peak of that contraction, which we know is the really shitty part, of course, we get to that peak and we we think, oh, my God. And most of the time, like you just said, we want to sort of, oh, my God, just fight against it, fight as, as long as we can to try and just get rid of it. But instead of seeing it like that, at that peak, that is such a beautiful time to implement floppy face, floppy fanny at the mostest. Because that is the time you're going to dilate the most. That is optimal dilation time. And that, for me, is just, you can influence that surge. You know, you can ride that wave. And when you get to the top, you can open up. You can release that jaw. Really concentrate on that breathing and focus. And allow your body to do what it's made to do. And this is why utilizing Floppy Face, Floppy Fanny during during your surges it's such a beautiful way to dilate so much smoother and to just really work with your body.
2: Right. You really want to capitalize on every ounce of energy that your body is exerting in that contraction. And when we resist and we tense and we tighten, we're not capitalizing on that energy. So how do you instruct people to have a floppy face? I mean, it's, in the moment, it's very easy to forget that that's what we need to do. And our natural response, because we're feeling discomfort, is to get tight and tense. Right. So how do, you, how do you coach people to make a floppy face?
0: Everyone is different. And it really depends on how your sort of jaw is. We hold a lot of tension and stress in this area. And a lot of the time, we don't even realize that we are tensing this jaw. And that can really affect us when we are actually in labor itself. So there are daily exercises, which I discuss with people that they can do. And one of them is using a comb. Another way to use the comb, which I can come back to. Um, But daily exercises just to help release the tension in the jaw and using it in our everyday things. When we are going to the toilet, you know, we we do the same thing. We are just forcing, trying to force something and we're going against the body. We're tightening everything up. So how is our body able to relax and open? So using floppy face in situations like on the toilet, when we are feeling constipated, using floppy face when we are being intimate with our partner, feel the difference in how, how that is. And you'll soon start to really connect with your pelvic floor. And not just that, I have people using it for uh, different things, blood tests, vaginal examinations, you know, if they're having cervical exams for whatever reason or a sweep. Maybe people are, you know, using it for stress and things like that. I I ask people to really use that mantra and implement it in their daily life activities. And that way, you know, with hinton birthing, like the, the more that we can build those connections in our brain, the more it com- becomes a subconscious, which is such a great way to train train our brain and and exercise it for for that moment when we are actually feeling those surges.
1: And I I want to just let everyone understand how important uh, what you're saying is, and that this really is something that affects their lives morning, noon, and night, whether or not they realize it. But as you said, in the in the whole head, because of the joint of the jaw, that's where we house the most stress. And in, in the body, it's the pelvis. And lo and right. behold, they're linked. So right. just to point out some examples, I had a friend, a client actually, years ago, who was chatting with me about her marriage and she said well early in our marriage i didn't really talk to my husband about my feelings and she said he knew i was upset because my my jaw would lock and my lower jaw would jut out a little bit and he could see on my face i was hurt and i was like well isn't that interesting tension in the jaw another example is people who grind their teeth from stress when they're sleeping again this is playing out from tension in the jaw another example is how that stress can travel over to the lips our lips can be plump and full without all those little vertical lines because of increased blood flow. So when you're having sex, when you're getting a massage, when you're laughing, sometimes you look in the mirror or see a picture of yourself and your lips look so nice and full because you're happy, you have endorphins. But how many people have talked about seeing someone when they're angry and their lips get thin and all the little vertical lines show up and the lips get white because the blood flow is diverting away from the lips. So there is so much going on with our physiology in this part of our body that I just think if people can start to realize how common it shows up in their lives and even looking at the people close to them they can begin to appreciate that once they accept this is directly linked to their pelvis this has a big impact on birth
0: right exactly and I love that explanation there and and it moves on so perfectly to you know when you're birthing your baby and this whole you know, this whole thing, or we believe that we really have to th- forcefully push our baby out. And I, I, I get so angry because I just still can't believe in this day and age, we are expecting women to hold their breaths and reduce that oxygen, that airflow to to themselves, to their baby, and forcefully pushing down when there is really no need. There is really no need to do that. And there is better ways of Helping and aiding the body and aiding the uterus into birthing our baby. Even if you know your body does need that help, there are better ways to do it rather than that, that forcefulness. And it is literally just initiating that relax and drop of the jaw and the floppy face, floppy fanny in that instant. And it, I mean, look at the difference it can make just from doing that small little thing, which it is it, it has this massive impact on birthing our baby on how we birth our baby on whether interventions are involved on you know how um you know the damage to our perineum is it, a game changer when it comes to birth
2: it's life changing birth changing game changer absolutely you talk a lot about using a comb in labor and we are really curious to hear your technique with the comb we've certainly heard of using the co- the, the comb for pain management but you also talked about it as a way to release tension in the face. So can you share with us your comb techniques?
0: Yeah, sure. So the comb is such a great tool as part of the gateway control theory. Um, you know, the brain can't concentrate on so many sensations at the same time. Um, but also with that certain pressure point helps to release really feel good hormones in our brain. It really helps to put us into a state of calm and you, you can be squeezing your hand like this and you can still keep your face you know very relaxed your jaw very relaxed and your shoulders relaxed um but working with them and having them together is such a beautiful way to manage those surges and just take the edge off if they are feeling a little overwhelming for you using it in preparation for birth for your floppy face floppy fanny is actually turning the comb the other way so imagine not the spiky bit we don't want to be Putting that in her face, but the round bit of the comb or the straight bit of the comb, whatever that looks like, and actually using it to roll down the face like this, and you really notice—it's so bizarre—you really notice almost like knots in your jaw. You know when you go for a massage, right? And you can—you know there's a knot, and you're like, oh please, can you get that knot? And you know the massage, you know the uh the lady giving the massage, the therapist is there, really getting this knot out. You will notice the same in your masseter muscles here in your jaw doing this exercise for five minutes five minutes daily with your comb being able to just roll it down the face helping to release the muscle helping to just release any knots any tension one allows us to recognize that tension and release our jaw and secondly help us to Really relax their muscles and get them just prepared and ready for labor.
2: So when you when you're working with a client and she's using the comb throughout the labor process, are you having her squeeze the comb just through each contraction? How can you give us a little bit more detail on that part of the process?
0: Yeah, of course. So, yeah, the comb obviously in between contractions, we want to be taking that time to to rest to recuperate. So it is initially just for contractions itself, especially, you know, when you get to the peak of the contraction. Some people, they like to use it throughout the whole contraction. They they like to be there and they like to hold on to it. And it's almost becomes a, um, a comfort blanket almost for some people. Um, just to be able to hold on to something, it gives them a, a sense of comfort as well as something that's really helping uh, take their mind off, you know, what is happening in the body. But most of the time, it's just for the use of contractions, just to manage those sensations and allow ourselves to to really focus.
1: I think the focus is a big part of that, for sure, because there's so many techniques that that work as well, and they have their own little unique spin, like the cold washcloth on the forehead, which I personally loved so much, or effleurage when you're pouring water over a water-birthing woman's shoulders. Anything that just allows us to divert the mind a little bit and focus on something else can be really powerful. Focus is just another thing that I think so many humans oh. live their whole lives and don't even scratch the surface of recognizing what they can accomplish right. by, by learning how to focus, um, which is a key benefit of meditation of any kind.
0: But I, I think it's all tied together. Yeah, 100%. It's like using a TENS machine, you know, but people know a, ten, uh, you know, a TENS machine It's a very popular tool to use, especially in early labor, um, but it works the same way. Tell
2: us about the KIKO technique.
0: So KIKO, which stands for Knees In, calves Out, is all about the biomechanics of the pelvis. Um, And I know you've you've touched on these sort of positionings before. It's about really understanding about opening the space in the pelvis. So we think that opening our legs, having them very wide when we're, you know, um, in the later stages of labor, when we're getting ready to birth our baby, open those legs as wide as possible that we are helping to create this space for our baby to be born which in fact is the complete opposite to what we are actually doing. I always say and I just want to say before I continue is that whatever instinctively feels right for you at that time is always the most important thing. So whatever feels good for you in your body instinctively at the time you're giving birth will always be the most the best possible position that you you can be in. However, we already see instinctively women going into this kiko position. We see animals going, you know, going into this kiko position and wanting to bring their knees in. And this is what happens when you do that. As you bring your knees in, you are actually creating more space in the pelvic outlet. So As we are in later stages of labor and we are getting to the point where we we are birthing our baby, we want to open up the pelvic outlet and create space for our baby to turn and be born. But a lot of people try and still use this technique or really want to instinctively go into this technique and are told, no, this is absolutely, you know, they shouldn't be doing this. And then their legs are forced open.
2: It's really quite instinctual, but it's counterintuitive Logically now, because we've watched women give birth with their legs open and the legs are opened purely for the sake of the provider and not for the woman, although there are times in labor where legs open can sometimes help open that pelvic inlet, not the outlet but right. most of the time, women instinctively go into hands and knees or kneeling positions yes. to give mm, birth. birth, and, and same both thing. of those positions automatically do this.
0: Automatically do knees in, calves out. Exactly, and and, and even if it's not, you know, th- this it doesn't have to be this full on action. Even just Subtle. bringing bringing our, our, you know, yeah, exactly the knees and the the ankles parallel. This is so natural, and bringing your feet just in just slightly that is that is the smallest thing to change yet it makes the biggest change to that pelvic outlet and it doesn't need to be extreme
2: i can tell you that from my own birth experiences in early as the baby is descending was you know reaching full dilation that part of labor every time i have a contraction i want to squat and open i want to open my legs wide that's what helps me feel like the contraction is most productive and then when it's time to push, especially late in the pushing stage, I'm down on my hands and knees and, or kneeling always just was intuitive for me. And that's immediately turning the knees slightly in, and the, in the feet and calves slightly out. And like you said, it does not have to be dramatic. We don't want to get uncomfortable. We don't want to force ourselves into this position. We don't want it to feel awkward. You want it to feel intuitive and just those subtle shifts can make all the difference. But if you're forced into being on your back in bed with your legs up in the stirrups. I mean, that is working so against where you need to be when it's time for the baby to actually be born. And that is, again, purely for the sake of convenience for whoever's delivering your baby.
1: And we just have to appreciate how many times women are naturally doing things. And the provider in the room who has never studied physiologic birth is telling them not to, like a provider saying, hold your breath and push. I mean, that's like, the a fast route to fetal distress, or be on your back when you're giving birth, or God forbid, with your legs up in stirrups. And this is another example of something where they might say, do this with your legs. But, well, they haven't actually studied physiologic birth. We should also point, just touch on the fact that this
2: is why sometimes pain medication in labor, while it has its place, can interfere with this process. So if we're really truly looking for physiologic birth, And we want to get all these little intuitive hits in the communication that we get from our baby to our body and our body to our baby. Pain uh, management can interfere. Not only can it interfere with that communication system, but it can severely restrict your positioning.
3: Hey there, all you amazing, strong, and beautiful women, especially you new moms and moms-to-be. I'm Taylor, co-founder and CEO of Vitality. And I'm Taylor's sister, Chloe, co-founder and chief design officer. We started Vitality to encourage and empower everyone to live a vibrant life. We're all about supporting women, especially on the journey to motherhood. When I was pregnant, I really struggled to find comfy leggings that I could wear all day, every day. So we set out to make the best maternity pants out there. We took those pain points and designed pieces that were supportive and comfortable, including details like a high-rise fit, underbelly seam, raw cut hems, and to top it off, we have an embedded silicone panel that acts like a built-in suspension system for your low back, which is the first of its kind. So we designed this line in our Marshmallow Soft Cloud 2 fabric in not only a maternity pant, but a volley and biker short as well. Let me tell you, all of these pieces are a game changer. Just go to shopvitality.com. And cherry on top, you guys can use code DOWNTOBIRTH at checkout to get 10% off your order. 10% off athleisure designed for pregnancy during pregnancy.
2: Down to Birth is sponsored by Postpartum Soothe. Recovering from a vaginal birth takes many women by surprise. Everyday activities like sitting, walking, and going to the bathroom can be uncomfortable. And Postpartum Soothe is just the remedy to support your healing and relieve discomfort. Postpartum Soothe is a 100% organic herbal blend that's applied to maternity pads in the days immediately following your birth, giving you all the benefits of a sitz bath 24/7. That's because herbs like comfrey leaf, uva ursi, and witch hazel are known for their antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. Postpartum Soothe can be prepared anytime during the third trimester and it makes a beautiful baby gift. It's a must for any woman seeking a faster, easier recovery from a vaginal birth. Visit postpartumsoothe.com. That's postpartumsoothe, S-O-O-T-H-E dot and use promo code DOWNTOBIRTH. Did you know that 97% of women take a prenatal vitamin, yet 95% of us are still deficient in key nutrients for pregnancy and postpartum? After a long time searching for the optimal prenatal nutrition product we bring you needed, a radically better prenatal vitamin. Needed's nutritional products offer nutrients that your body can utilize with doses at optimal versus bare minimum levels and are available in capsules and an easy-to-take vanilla powder, perfect for those moms with pill fatigue or nausea. Needed is a woman-founded company offering a superior nutritional product lineup backed by research, data, and insights from nearly 4,000 women's health experts. Needed offers premium supplements for every stage, from egg quality support for women trying to conceive to lactation support for breastfeeding. And you know, Cynthia and I, we love their botanical sleep and relaxation support packets before bedtime. So if you are looking for a radically different prenatal, head on over to thisisneeded.com and enter down to birth for 20% off your first order.
0: Right, exactly. And, And, you know, I get this question. A lot, actually. What if I have an epidural? Like, what then? What What does Kiko mean then? Because you're not going to get. You're right. You're You're not. You, we are blocking the signals. We are blocking. You know the communication that's going on. So you know, in that instance, even if you are restricted to a bed for whatever reason that may be, based on hopefully informed choice, then. There are ways that you can still implement Kiko by turning on your side, using a peanut ball, um, you know, or, or sitting in a more upright positioning and just bringing your knees in slightly. We just want to be able to get into a position where we 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 know maybe that that would be helpful.
2: And unfortunately, that discussion isn't usually had when we're talking about informed consent around getting a narcotic, getting an epidural, being induced all of these things that lead us to, you know, needing pain medication, understandably, in labor, or or maybe a woman just wants it, and that's fine, as long as she's understanding and being informed of how it may impact her labor.
0: Right. And and most of the time, you know, let's be honest, most of the the time when we are going into labor, and we are we are opting, you know, for for this pain relief, you know, a a lot of that is contributed to the fact that there is this fear and there is this fight against the body. And by doing that, we are creating just a really uncomfortable, like not enjoyable experience. Of course, we're going to want some really strong relief from that. Sometimes people can have such long, hard labours, yet they'll have some kind of pain relief. Then all of a sudden they are literally within a short period of time fully dilated and 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 having their baby because their body's been actually able to relax for a moment you know
1: right yep that does happen let's talk about what partying through labor means this is your term that you uh you've created so what do you mean by yeah
0: so partying partying through labor is um, a term I like to use for the active stages of labor so this is a time to celebrate. You are in active labor. You are having your regular contractions. You know what's going on. And this is, you know, such a wonderful time to get the music on, dance around and really move and sway um with your with your contractions, with your surges and have a dance with your baby. Like this is so beneficial in in, in so many ways uh, for labor. First of all, you know we are upright, we are mobile, we are active, we are moving, we are working with our body. But secondly, things like swaying, swirling around, and sort of doing this swirling movement mm-hmm. is absolutely just beautiful for helping your baby come down into the pelvis. It's almost like you know, th- there's you know, th- this is an ancient thing. You know, yeah. this is, they've been talking about this for for. for long, long time, right? But you know, this, this swirling motion is incredible for helping baby and moving baby. Not only that, when we are, when we are listening to tracks that make us feel good music, you know, that dancing type of music that we can move to, we are increasing our uh, better endorphins. We are increasing our oxytocin levels. We are aiding ourselves in a more manageable enjoyable experience in those those uh, early stages. And what better way to really experience labor in a way where we can, you know, sort of create this celebratory environment. And when we do start to really go into the deeper stages of labor, when we're going within ourselves, this is when we want to turn our our sort of party dance into a really nice slow dance, you know, really change our music, change our playlist to something that makes us feel really relaxed, calm, emotionally connected to. And this is the time to really go within ourselves, focus and and have this really internal dance then with our baby leading up to, to birth.
2: That story reminds me, or that explanation reminds me of one of, the most amazing births I ever attended as a midwifery student. it was in the hospital and I wasn't there for the entire thing. This woman was already in labor, but I went into her room to check on her and she was literally on top of the hospital bed, walking and dancing and moving around the hospital bed. And she would get down and she would go around the floor and then she would get back up on the bed. And she was doing like this, like, like she was at a dance party. Like it was, you know, music in the room and moving and dancing and up on the bed and down the bed and around the room. And she had her baby like 30 minutes later and everybody, nobody would even go in the room
1: because everybody was a little too intimidated by what she was doing. And oh, like, I, I want to make sure everyone also knows that Elena tineti Vladimirova has done fantastic work on this. She calls it uh, spiraling. And her documentary is called Birth as We Know It. It is spectacular. You see women birthing in the Black Sea, walking into the Black Sea to give birth at her birth camps. That's what they did. They prepared all summer and they gave birth in the Black Sea. They'd walk in and as she said in the movie, they come back out with their babies in their arms. And the first birth in that film shows a woman um, having a posterior baby in the water with the help of another woman or two and her husband. It's so beautiful, but she does stop for some education in the middle of the documentary. And one important segment is spiraling. And she says, this is the very motion of the entire universe. And you just start to see it from the spiritual level. And she says, when you spiral, you're, of course, it's good for the baby and endorphins and the baby's positioning but she's saying like, this is for the woman who's so in touch with what's happening within her body at this small level in the, in the realm of the universe. It's like, you're taking on that exact motion. So that's like her big thing. Um, it's, it's, I'm happy you're talking about it because I don't hear a lot of people talking about that.
0: Do you know what? I, and, and I'm so glad you, you touched on that, that spiritual side of it, because when we are, they use they, they use this uh, movement in yoga as well and it's all about creating this um uh, you know this energy that we have in our in our in our pelvis you know this this special energy we have in our pelvis this transformative um you know motion that's happening and doing that as a daily exercise sitting there and actually moving your body in these spiral motions can really help obviously with with uh, flexibility but it, it makes you feel really connected to your baby it really feel it makes you feel connected to your body and yeah. Spiraling. I, I, haven't actually seen that film myself. I, 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 I need to watch that. Um, oh, yeah. And she was on our I, podcast, by the way, I want to mention, yeah, we have a really, really we had, uh, and
1: it's, and it is a very special, unique episode. That's like no other episode. Yeah. Cause she's just so spiritual. She's just, you know, you just sit back and listen to her and your mind is just kind of blown the whole time. Blown so make away. sure you look that up. I was around spring or summer, I think of 2020 that brings us to
2: how birth can be orgasmic. Again, here we are right. talking about the opposites. Birth is being the most intense and potentially uncomfortable moment of your life and orgasm being the most beautiful, exciting, amazing moment, one in the same.
0: Right. You know, it's it's such a simple thing. Yeah, it's people find it really difficult sometimes to to understand that concept because it seems in in our society that's so far apart some people really recoil at that and they're like oh no i can't think of anything worse but actually we know that you know intimacy orgasms that, that social interaction you know, all releases this beautiful hormone, oxytocin, which is the exact same hormone which is driving our whole labor. when we are when we are when we have that oxytocin flowing, when we are aroused, our vagina unfolds, it opens up by by uh, almost two centimetres for some people. So already we have this blood flow and we have this sort of beautiful sort of opening of the vagina you know from the oxytocin that's flowing through our system if we can understand that and implement that into our labor and into our birthing experience you know for some people we don't even have to you know implement um any self pleasure or or you know because spiritually we can go there but i do talk about you know introducing the the touch you know and the the self pleasure they, they did a study on actually self-pleasure during labor. And the difference in the feeling of, of pain, the sort of pain levels, made such a massive difference. That's because of this beautiful oxytocin and this whole like being in touch and in tune with your body and actually leaning into it rather than, than fighting against it, you know, leaning into and just allowing yourself to be this sexual, beautiful, spiritual creature that we, that we are you know, and and bringing that into the birth space. I mean, even in, in, you know, when you're birthing your baby, we know that where, you know, when the baby passes through that vaginal canal, that some people experience orgasms at this time, this is oxytocin. This is this, this is this beautiful, you know, intimate hormone. And it's a natural thing. It's such a natural thing.
2: And even if it's not physically orgasmic, if you don't physically feel that, that climax, the cocktail of hormones that's happening in the body yes. with the endorphins like and the oxytocins and the um, adrenaline and all of it—is it, it that experience emotionally and mentally is orgasmic? It's ecstatic, right?
0: It's, right. Or,
2: that is the experience,
0: and that's a perfect point. An orgasmic birth doesn't have to be physical, because when you're reaching these these different realms and and you've got all these be- this beautiful cocktail. It's, it can be ecstatic, completely aesthetic. And you can feel it like in your body, you know, just completely taking over and rushing over your body. It's, it's, I mean, what a beautiful thing to be able to experience in such a, you know, life-changing event.
2: Thanks for joining us at the Down to Birth Show. You can reach us at Down to Birth Show on Instagram or email us at contact at downtobirthshow.com. All of Cynthia's classes and Trisha's breastfeeding services are held live, online, serving women and couples everywhere.
1: Please remember this information is made available to you for educational and informational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. For our full disclaimer, visit downtobirthshow.com disclaimer. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, hear everyone and listen to yourself. How did you come up with the name, The Naked Doula?
0: So The Naked was, first of all, because transparency, honesty, rawness, like realness. Um, and also because the illustrations that I draw are mostly naked. And people sort of go, oh, my God, look, she's drawn a, a, a you know a vulva. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I love to draw things like that. I want people to see that because it's completely normal and natural and beautiful.